This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to Axios Recap, where we dig into one big story. I'm Nyla Boodoo. It's Wednesday, July 28th. Google is up, Apple is down, and we're focused on the future of Spotify. The new earnings report for Spotify was a mixed bag. The giant audio platform showed audience growth in the second quarter, but missed other projections, which sent its stock price tumbling. Three things to know. First, the good. Spotify had predicted it would add 6 million new subscribers this quarter, and it actually added 7 million. It currently has 165 million premium subscribers. Now the bad. Its month-to-month active users came in short of expectations. Even though that number is up 22% from last year, it's still short of what Spotify itself predicted. And the fallout. Wall Street, predictably, did not like those monthly user projections falling short. Trading at the opening bell had Spotify stocks down 8%. Spotify CEO Daniel Ek blames the pandemic for some of its losses, but points to strong overall numbers in major categories. So what does all of this mean for the future of one of the world's biggest music and audio streaming services? In just a moment, my colleague Dan Primack speaks with Spotify CEO Daniel Ek. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. We're joined now by Daniel Ek, founder and CEO of Spotify. So, Daniel, Spotify was started and is best known as a music streaming service, but you've been investing a lot of money in podcasting, both individual shows and kind of enabling software. Why make such a big push in podcasting? It really started a few years back. And at the time of this, it was a market I visited in Germany where we'd been particularly successful. One of the things that struck me was that in the top chart of top music tracks ended up being all these audiobooks. And we had made no effort at that time to um, you know, make audiobooks available on Spotify, but because of Spotify being a large platform, people try to game the system and you started seeing music companies signing up audiobooks and trying to make them popular because we provided both an audience and we provided monetization. So that was the early innings of that insight. And then later on in that year, I was sitting through in some user insight studies that we were doing around the car and why no music app or no really streaming app were being that successful in the car. And obviously the 
friction in the car and all those things came up. But in particular, I thought it was really interesting uh, hearing consumers talk about it. And much of what they were saying was just, uh, look, I want to have my news uh, here as well. I want to see weather. I want to see traffic. I want to see all these things in order for me to switch from radio. And so it became pretty clear to me in order to succeed with our music mission, we probably had to be more than just music One of the things that Spotify has said, and you guys even said a little bit in the earnings release today, is this idea that podcasts are a little bit stickier and and bring people and keep people on the platform, make them more engaged. And something you've said about some of the exclusive shows, uh, Call Her Daddy, the Joe Rogan show that you guys have paid for. Can you talk to me a little bit about what you see internally that shows you that me listening to Rogan is going to keep me then listening to music later on Spotify rather than the other way around? Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And, and the natural thing would be, well, if you're introducing podcasts, surely that must be bad for music because it's going to steal sort of attention share. But actually what's ended up happening is uh, it's the other way around. The more we can get you to engage on the platform overall, the more you'll start to engage uh, with other forms of content too, including music. And it kind of speaks to this kind of inside around radio too, right? Like the reason why people were listening to radio in the car, for some it was music and they ended up listening to news and traffic as sort of a side product. And for some, they came for the news and weather, but stay, but then ended up staying for the music. And so we find that symbiosis between all of these content types to be really strong. And I suspect that even as you think going forward, as we're adding more types of content and people and creators are innovating around the types of stories that they tell on the platform, that it'll, it'll just add up and create even more stickier experience. Do you find that if you, say, have two shows with similar audience numbers, that if one is exclusive to Spotify and one isn't, that the exclusive show is stickier? The way it works, really, exclusives on Spotify serves a primary uh, purpose, and especially in this early days where podcast is still growing very rapidly, but being a relatively small percent of all overall listening on the platform. So exclusives is a great way for people to discover that podcast even exists on Spotify and to get people in the right uh, frame of mind. So what we find is is that whether you're on Spotify already, but just listening to music or whether you're not even trying Spotify just yet, these exclusives drive people towards our platform and, and turn already existing music users to also podcast users. I'm going to ask you a quick lightning round about three shows, and then we'll move on to other things that you have as exclusives. One of the controversies over Rogan's show lately has been this question of, does Spotify have basically editorial responsibility for what is said on that show? Do you? Joe Rogan is just an, a one out of eight million creators that we have on the but platform. The best paid, but the best paid of all of those. Sure. But we have a lot of really well-paid rappers on Spotify, too, that make tens of millions of dollars, if not more, each year from Spotify. And we don't dictate what they're putting in their songs either. How did you get your mind around buying Call Her Daddy without getting the merchandising rights, which seems to be what Barstool got most of its money for? I I don't actually know about the specifics about the deal uh, that we did, um, except to know that she's been a tremendously successful podcaster, both off the platform and now on the platform too, and off to a great start. One last one. Uh, It's been about a year since Spotify inked Kim Kardashian to do a podcast on criminal justice. Hasn't started airing yet. Should we expect to hear that? We should definitely. When is a great question that I don't know of either, but I'm hoping maybe later in the year. You know, you talked about how podcasting is still a small part of the business, both in terms of even though you guys have a a lot of them on there. Do you imagine there is a time where on Spotify, in terms of listener hours, podcasting overtakes music or is it always still secondary to music? 
I suspect not, uh, because it, you know, again, if you look at Spotify as a parallel to radio, really, um, I, I look at it like what we're really competing against is uh, linear radio, and for me, it's so obvious that an on-demand personalized experience should win against linear radio. So that's the primary competitor. But looking at radio, uh, most of the listening on radio is still music, even though it has all of these other things. I'd be pleasantly surprised overall if podcasting became a very, very big thing and on the size of music, but we suspect not, and music is still uh, our heart and where we came from. Uh, Spotify recently began introducing paid podcasts. Uh, ben Thompson of Techery has one. Uh, Apple's obviously doing something similar. Are we nearing the end of free podcasts available on all platforms? And it's going to start to look a little bit more like what we see in terms of streaming video. I don't think we're we're nearing the end of it. If anything, I suspect that media platforms in the future will have even more variability than what we've seen so far. So if you take a decade back and look at all media platforms, it's it's essentially been one or the other. Like either you're YouTube and you're ad-supported video as an example and you do nothing else, or you're Netflix and it's completely commercial free and it has to be no ads whatsoever and you pay a monthly fee and it's very clean. But then when you look at media businesses as they evolved historically, this used to be the case too with broadcasting versus cable, where cable was all paid, uh, no ads, and broadcasting was all ads. And then what it actually evolved to was this uh, combo in terms of both subscription income and advertising income too. And likewise, I, I look at this now and it's going to be even more emphasized because you have many different types of creators that will likely have many different types of, be in many different stages in their journey. So some creators are earlier and more nascent. For them, it probably makes a lot more sense to try to give away their content in order to build an audience. For other creators that has maybe not a large audience, but a very dedicated one, having a paid podcast may make a ton of sense. And for some, even the combo of both uh, may make a lot of sense uh, too. As an example, Ben Thompson, as you referenced, uh, thought it was really interesting. He has the paid newsletter being paid and some of his podcasts being freely available and now kind of uh, shifted towards bringing more and more um, behind the paywall too, but that's kind of how we started. So the podcasting was kind of the ads that drove uh, people to pay for for the text. And then some other creators are doing completely the opposite. They're giving away the text for free, but then charging for the podcasts. Um, I, I think we're going to get even more sophisticated and say, okay, well, for some users, here's some of the things behind the paywall, but also here's some of the content that's not. And th those are all things that we've launched in terms of paid podcasts, and I think it'll evolve even further. Do you imagine a future in which Spotify will have to pay podcast makers a royalty for each stream like you have to do on music? I don't think it's going to be a one-to-one -one in terms of the way it's been playing out in music, but I do think a larger degree of podcasters are going to be monetized and expect to be monetized. I think the most important thing is we're moving away from a one-size-fits-all to a much more complicated landscape where there's many more types of interactions between consumers and creators. If you think about it, like even, even in the past, most platforms didn't monetize for creators at all. There was no expectation that anyone made any money at all. Spotify, in fact, was one of the very few platforms where the expectation was always that, you know, if you're a professional creator, we want to pay you. 
And I think now, you know, with creator funds and all these platforms kind of leaning into it, we're all kind of waking up to a platform where being a creator on the internet is becoming a real thing and people are making a lot of money doing it. And if you're really good at what you're doing, you have a lot of opportunity to make a real living. And that's something we at Spotify are leaning into. And you're going to see many ways to monetize as a creator going forward. Do you have any concern that you're starting to get into, a, particularly when it comes to exclusive shows, into a very expensive land grab against some very, very well-heeled rivals? I mean, Amazon, obviously, buying Wondery, you see what Apple's doing. And obviously, you have separate issues with Apple, but these are companies that have a lot of money. You do too, but not as much. And, and you're kind of going against them, sometimes potentially for the same talent. Yeah, sure. I mean, the risk is obviously that prices go up for the creative talent that you go after. I think the important part, though, is... Yes, we do exclusives when it makes sense uh, for us and for the creators, but it is a relatively small part of what we do. I think the better way to think about Spotify is we are an open platform in audio, and we want to be the place where you come to to listen to audio. And the way we want to do that is by creating the most creator-friendly environment for creators to monetize. In some cases, that may make uh, sense to for us to buy some of the rights to make the content exclusive. For some creators, it's just providing you the opportunity to engage with your audience as you do on 10 other platforms and you want to play that game. And for some, it may mean that we will be your uh, rep on the advertising side and sell your advertising. And for some, it will be uh, you will bring your own paid audience like Ben Thompson onto Spotify. We're actually okay either way. Uh, we believe that the most important thing here is the creator and building a great relationship while at the same time realizing that it's the constant balance and trade-off with consumer experience and expectations. Apple still dominates the podcasting space in terms of listens, even though you know the iPhone is still a, a minority of smartphone uses, both in the US and the globe. You guys have obviously gone after Apple in general for other what you've called anti-competitive practices. Is Apple's domination of the podcast market circumstance or is it a reflection of anti-competitive practices in this admittedly niche space? Let's remember where the word even podcast comes from. And it came from the invention of the iPod, well, what is it, 15, 16 years ago. So they certainly have a head start on us when it comes to growth. And they were even the inventors of the space to begin with. Now, when you look at Spotify across the world in many markets, we have actually already overtaken Apple and are the number one podcast player. So we're making great headways. I, I think we feel really good about the competitive space when it comes to podcasting. Our concerns with Apple isn't as a direct competitor on music or in podcasts, but more of them as a platform provider and creating a level playing field when it comes to how we can engage with users, how we can monetize our customers and provide more opportunities for the entire ecosystem. And that extends beyond Spotify, by the way. We think about that from the whole app ecosystem and many companies are joining the app coalition that we've been part of creating as well. Final quick question for you. A lot of people probably listen to this on Spotify. Can you give them one podcast and one music recommendation, something you've listened to in the last day or two that you've liked? So there's one podcast that I've been listening to by a friend of mine called Patrick O'Shaughnessy that has this podcast called Invest Like the Best. It's really interesting if you want to hear founder stories, if you want to hear a sort of just He's a great interviewer that talks to a lot of entrepreneurs and CEOs. And then on the music side, hmm, I've listened to a lot of African music, dancehall music lately, so West African uh, music. Burna Boy is great. 
There's probably a bunch of others which we can cover lately, and maybe I can even share a playlist. Daniel Eck of Spotify, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back. Here's what else we're watching today. It's been more than a year since protests broke out over statues and monuments. Confederate leaders, Christopher Columbus, even some Revolutionary War heroes were being questioned because of their links to slavery and genocide. In Chicago, Italian-American leaders are calling for the mayor to put the Christopher Columbus statue back up. It's been in a warehouse since violent protests erupted in July of 2020. Chicago's mayor has so far declined. But as many statues and monuments are being taken down, new ones are being put up, including in Chicago and Memphis, where new sculptures were just dedicated to the African-American journalist Ida B. Wells. It's part of this new era, where we're still figuring out who gets to be honored and who shouldn't. Wells was a pioneer for Black journalists, fighting for civil rights until her death in 1931. She was also one of the founders of the NAACP, a social worker and educator. She was one of the most famous African-American women of her time. But what's surprising is how long it took for this monument. The bottom line, it's not easy to get a monument put up. On the next Axios Today, I'll speak with Ida B. Wells' great-granddaughter, Michelle Duster. We'll talk about her legacy and the long, complicated process to get a monument erected. And we're done. Big thanks to Recap's producers, Alexandra Boti, Justin Kaufman, Sabina Singani, and Alex Sukayara, who's our sound engineer. Have yourself a great National Water Park Day. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening, and stay safe.